Welcome to Orange Soul, everybody. I am unbelievably pumped to have you here. We are excited to chat about communication, connection, and confidence. Heyo! I'd like to thank our sponsor, Reminisce Audio. If you'd like to record a podcast or an audio biography or interview someone, Reminisce Audio has your back. Head over to ReminisceAudio.com. Welcome everybody to Orange Soul. I'm excited to introduce you to Les Patterson. He is an engaging storyteller, speaker, writer, mentor, and a military veteran. Les helps people discover their persuasive power of story to influence themselves and those they lead. Les is also passionately engaged in the power of three strategy of focusing on what matters most, what we can control, and what we enjoy most. Les, so grateful you're here today. Welcome to Orange Soul. Oh, thank you, Carolyn. I mean, really, what a what a cool honor to be able to hang out with you and be part of the Orange Soul journey. And uh, I, I, I love what you're all about. I love your, your passion for, for leading people, leading women, and making such a powerful impact in their lives. So thank you. Oh, oh absolutely. This is, a, this is a journey of a lifetime, and it takes a village to move, a, to move mountains. And I'm grateful that you're here to help me with that. And so to dive into this, I would love to know a little bit more about... Um, the personal promise proclamation. What is that, and how do we how do we own that? Oh wow, wow! Um, the personal promise proclamation. Um, can I tell you a quick story? Would would that be all right? Can I share a quick story with you, Carolyn, and with your with your wonderful listeners? Absolutely, I love stories. Let's hear it. Awesome, awesome. Well, thank you. So there was this when I was a kid. I, I grew up literally across the street from the fairgrounds and the Fairgrounds Canal Railroad Track, my home. And the fairgrounds became my playground. I, I grew up in the fairgrounds. I knew every every inch of the fairgrounds. I could sneak into the rodeos and the demolition derbies and the horse races. And they were just all so fun to me. And but my favorite time of year is when the carnival would show up. County fair time, carnival would show up. And this one year, I'm, I guess I was eleven or twelve. Uh, I got the opportunity to work in one of the carnival booths. I got to be working with the carnies. That's what they call them, the carnival workers, the carnies. Oh my and word! It was just like the highlight. It was so cool. I'm an eleven, twelve year old kid, and these carnival workers think I'm like like cool you know and uh so the next year the the carnival rolls back into town and so i'm excited to go to go back there and i want to work in the same booth and if, if you entered the carnival it's the booth where you have all these pop bottles set up in crates and you try to throw these little teeny rings that are supposed to land over the the bottle and you with the big bear well no one could get the ring to land and, and i thought it's so cool because i was cool enough to work in a carnival booth in that one, you know? So, so the next year the carnival rolls around and I put on my newest, bestest pair of jeans, which they really weren't that new and they really weren't that bestest. And I put on my newest, bestest pair of shoes. They were my Sunday shoes, a pair of black suede Sunday shoes. And I just, and I put on a plaid, but a pearl button up shirt and I just 
thought I looked awesome and confident and cool. And I remember going down to the carnival and I walk walking through the carnival loose and I get to that booth, the one with the pop bottles and the rings. And I'm just standing there and I'm just beaming. I'm just waiting for the carnival worker saying, come on, Les, come on inside and be one of us. Yeah. A thrill of a lifetime. And then the carnival worker, he saw me and he takes and he does the little up and down with his head. He looks at me. He looks down at my shoes and he starts to laugh. Oh, no. And he says, who wears black suede shoes to the carnival? And, oh, I just wanted to curl up under the biggest rock and disappear. Oh, were you just crushed? I was totally crushed. I was totally crushed. Well, that moment became a catalyst moment in my life. And over the next few years of my teenage years, I was invisible. I felt invisible. I felt like a cipher, someone that nobody sees, that nobody loves. And I continued on that journey. And that journey even went into adulthood for a time period with me. But I had another catalyst moment, Carolyn, and this is where my personal promise proclamation started to get formulated. I was a sophomore in high school, so just a few years later, and I had I got to school late that morning because my cows got out. I had a couple of cows that I would milk every morning, and they got out, and by the time I got them cleaned up, I didn't have time or get them back in the pen. I didn't have time to go in and get cleaned up, so I show up to school, and my my jeans are... are they're dirty. They got some cow crap on them. And my <laughs> boots, which were worn out and got holes in them, has got cow crap on them. And I get there right at the time in between first and second hour. And I'm at my locker trying to get my books out. And also the classes come out and everybody's walking around. And then all of a sudden I could just sense that everything stopped. Everything stopped, and I just knew everybody was looking at me. They were smelling the cow crap on my boots. And then I heard a voice said, hey, Les, how are you? And I turned around, and there was JJ, Jeff Jackson. Jeff was the most popular kid in high school. He was on the football team. He was as handsome as any young man could ever be. And... All the girls liked him. All the guys liked him. And he stopped in the hallway and I turned around. And he's looking at me and he's got the cool kids. The cool girls are with him. And he says, hey, Les, how are you? And I'm dumbfounded. Jeff Jackson knows who I am. He knows my name. He was a senior. He knew who I was. I don't remember what happened after right at that moment. I don't remember if I responded. I have no idea. But a few weeks later, Jeff Jackson died. Oh, wow. Jeff had had leukemia. And that day that he said, hey, Les, how are you? He was on crutches. His health wasn't good. And just a few weeks later, he died. Wow. And I remember going to his the viewing and his funeral. And when I walked through the viewing, 
And his beautiful mother was there. And she said, how did you know Jeff? I don't remember what I said, but I remember what I thought. Jeff didn't, I, I didn't know Jeff, but Jeff knew me. Jeff saw me. And that moment helped me to realize that other people saw me. Help me to see that my parents saw me. Help me to see that my scoutmasters and church leaders. Help me to see actually my teachers at school and other other kids at school actually saw me. It started to help me see that my later on my sergeant in the army, my drill sergeant, saw me. Uh, and I started to discover through the process also that that God saw me. And through that, I learned that. I could be a JJ. I could change and see people that were invisible because there's invisible people all around us who think they're invisible and we can be JJs and we can help them see themselves. But first I had to learn how to see me. So that's where I, developed what now I now call my personal promise proclamation. And it has to do with the story that I tell myself, the story that allows me to know that I'm not invisible anymore, that JJ's beautiful effort that day does not go wasted in vain because he saw me. I see myself. And so my personal promise proclamation, Carolyn, he is, the story that I most consistently tell myself will be the story to most consistently come true in my life. So I will intentionally create a beautiful, powerful, and wonderful story. Wow. That's a promise that I make to myself. It's a proclamation. Proclamations are sacred, Carolyn. I mean, can you think of what kind of documents would be considered proclamations? Wow. I mean, we've got we've got a lot of documents that are proclamations. We have, you know, declarations. We have, you know, the Declaration yeah. of Independence, the Bill of Rights. Exactly. We have these. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, and to have a personal one and to hold ourselves accountable to that. The story we most consistently tell ourselves will be the one that consistently shows up. So how are we showing exactly. up? What is our proclamation? And how are we holding ourselves accountable to that proclamation? Who do we have on our personal board of directors that will empower us <laughs> to succeed in our personal proclamation? Wow, bless. This is beautiful. This is amazing. This is awesome. I mean, I hope the listeners are really paying attention to that. Like, what is your personal proclamation? And what story or what narrative or what experience do you want to have consistently? Because what we choose to attend to will manifest itself, right? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And consistency is is part of the powerful uh, element here because we're all going to have challenging days. We're all going to have time periods where our self-esteem may be, may be challenged or we may be more angry or upset or frustrated or we may be really negative or we may be really down on ourselves. 
if we can fill the cup more consistently with with a healthy, positive, beautiful, wonderful, great story versus a story that's not healthy, that's negative, then consistency will rule out. I mean, Carolyn, it's it's like it's like going to the gym. I mean, mm-hmm. if if or physical activity, if we have some type of regular physical activity, if we miss a day, but we decide to indulge on a couple of extra donuts, you know, uh, on on Donut Friday, uh, when the sales reps brings in the donuts for the company, and you think, okay, I'm going to have just one. And say, oh, yeah, maybe I'll just have another, and maybe I'll have just a third, or whatever it is. Now, is that going to ruin you know, our consistency of healthy physical activity. No, it's not. And it's the same with our story. It's the same with the language that we use to ourselves. If we're more consistent in using healthy stories in our mind, talking out loud healthy stories, I am a person of great worth. You know, I bring great value to, to, to life. I bring great value to my family. Uh, I'm a person of kindness, a person of love. Um, I, I, I grew up going through the Boy Scout program. I am trustworthy, loyal, helpful, friendly. What powerful things that help shape my life. Now, have I made mistakes? Yeah. Have I beat myself up? Yes. Have I told myself bad stories, negative stories? Yeah, way too many times. Consistency, though, pays off. So what story are we feeding ourselves with? Oh, absolutely. We have to pay attention to our internal narrative. And we have to understand that our personal resources fluctuate physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, financially, everything, every single day fluctuates. And so we need to ask ourselves, am I doing the best I can with the resources I have? And what does that look like? Are we doing the best we can? Yeah. Then give yourself a pat on the back and be like, heck yeah, I'm killing it today. Like way to go. If you need to recalibrate, recalibrate. That's the beauty of asking ourselves these questions is that we get to level up. It's like, you know what? I can do better today. Then let's, let's do it. Let's rock and roll. Yeah, I, I absolutely love that. Um, you know, Tony Robbins teaches a great principle of 2% or sorry, two degrees. You know, uh, all it takes is two degrees to make significant changes, significant changes. Just alter our course by two degrees. Increase our learning by by two degrees. Well, let's start with a quarter of a degree. Let's start with a thousandth of a degree. Uh, Let's start today. Let's start right now today that today I can recognize greatness in my own life. I I recently uh, shared a thing uh, in in my mastermind group on, on Facebook and I asked people to share what makes them great. And I had some great comments, but I had this really powerful one. Somebody messaged me privately and said, I've never once considered anything about my life great. Today was the first time. Wow. 
And, uh, oh. Everything in life was worth it. That one moment for somebody to recognize I can see greatness in my own life. Well, and the power of asking a question to another person to have them have an introspective moment with themselves of, you know what? He's, he's got a good question. I want to ruminate about that. I want to think about it. Mm -hmm. I want to feel what this question is to me. And so the fact that this individual would confide in you and tell you their a portion of their story is so powerful and that you were a catalyst for that and how we can all be catalysts for that in some capacity exactly. that we exactly. can be that, those change agents, that we have the power to do that every single day by simply asking a question. Yep. I, I totally agree with you, Carolyn. And it just takes one person to change the world for that one starfish. You know, the young boy walking down the beach and throwing the starfishes back in the ocean. And the old guy says, what are you doing? You can't save all of them. And he says, no, but I can save this one. Wow. I can save this one. Well, and my mom, she has taught me that the smallest act of kindness is better than the greatest intention. So we can sit here and we can have all of these wonderful intentions, but until we act, the smallest act of kindness is better than the greatest intention because we are putting something forward. We are acting and helping and, and contributing to our environment and to our society. And so I think that that's exactly spot on with a starfish story. Beautiful. I love it. Uh. So, yeah, and what a beautiful mother you have to be able to help you internalize that principle. Not just say it, but you, you've you owned it, Carolyn. I, I see that in you. You have owned this beautiful thing that your mother taught you. You're not just repeating words. You have owned, and it's become part of your life. Your consistency is changing the world. All because your mother had consistency in your life. Boy, Les, I'll tell you what, if I can be half the woman my mama is, I will be a huge success. So she is just such a wonderful, wonderful person. And she lives yeah. a personal proclamation of consistently and actively alleviating mm -hmm. pressure off of people in whatever capacity that may look like, whether that's helping someone with their groceries or helping them rake their leaves or, you know, taking someone to the doctors, whatever that may be, she is consistently looking for ways to alleviate. And I think that as leaders, we have that opportunity that we can see people around us in different capacities and literally lift where we stand. I mean, lifting hearts of another person that hang low, that's, that's going to be powerful. That's going to change the world. Yes. Yes, it totally will. And every one of us can do that. We don't have to have a position of authority to be able to be that kind of leader. We don't have to have a title. We don't have to have a job. We lead where we are by lifting where we stand. Just, just like you said, I mean, powerful, powerful, you know, that concept. Uh, we don't have to lift the whole world. We can, we, we can lift the one starfish. We can open the door for that one person. Uh, one one of uh, a great mentor and friend and author uh, has taught me uh, Jason F. Wright. 
uh, he, he wrote a book called 17, Mar- 17 Second Miracle. And the, the, the story of it's a fictional story teaches this beautiful principle that in 17 seconds you create miracles. You open the door for somebody. That small act of kindness, just like your beautiful mother, may be that one thing that they needed that day to say, hey, somebody saw me today. Somebody blessed my life. JJ, Jeff Jackson sees this kid with dirty cow crap on his boots. 17 seconds, he changed his life. Boy. 17 second miracles. And if you think about it, we can have 17 second miracles three times in a minute. So how are we going to actively choose those 17 seconds. What is that going to look like? I mean, a simple text, a phone call, a handwritten note, an invitation to go to a party, an invitation to have dinner one-on-one with someone to really hear them and listen to them. I mean, these 17 second miracles will literally change your world, my world, your neighbor's world. It's going to just erupt if we allow this 17 second miracle idea to catch fire. Les, this is powerful. This is amazing. Thank you, my friend. Thank you. It's wonderful. So, I mean, with all this powerful influence, what would you say is um, something that you have mentioned in the past is the power of three. And that's a really dynamic concept that I would love to hear more about. What is the power of three and how do we discover our own personal power of three? Oh, I, I, I love this. And so... Um, can, can I be really bold and daring? Please. This is what it's all about. I love it. <laughs> okay. Can, so can I, can I sing uh start of a song for you? Absolutely. Let's hear the vocals. All right. A, B, C, D. One, two, three. The most recognized song in the whole wide world teaches the power of three. We learn our ABCs in our one, two, threes. We don't learn our A, B, C, D, E's. We don't learn our one, two, three, four, fives. We learn our ABCs in our one, two, threes. The way that our mind processes information, when we can break things down into threes, into thirds, our mind can process it much more effectively. Uh, in photography, they talk about the rule of thirds. You, you position a, uh, the main subject of, of a photograph on either the right third or the left third of the space that you're, that's going to be in the photograph because it's more appealing to the eye and the mind processes it more effectively. Our mind takes things and when we get overwhelmed with thousands of pieces of information every day, uh, our mind starts to actually, our mind starts shutting down because it literally can't process all of that information. So I've taken the concept that, that others have used of focusing on three things to be to create 
strategic intention catalyst moments in our life. And I call it the power of three. So when I think about the power of three in my life, it starts with three core things. What matters most, what I can control, what do I most enjoy? So every day uh, we're faced with choices of what to do with our time, where to put our efforts, where to um, invest our energy. The power of three, what matters most, what I can control, and what I most enjoy becomes this beautiful umbrella to guide everything from our daily activities to our lifelong dreams. So for instance, that, that first one, what matters most, Carolyn? If I, if I was to ask you, what's, what's something that matters most in your life? Family, friends, connection. Absolutely, okay. top three things that matter the most. Okay, so let's let's take just one of those for just a second. Let's let's take family. When we think about our family, and think about okay, how does how does being aware of my family? If I consciously thinking of my family in my life, am I going to be more wise in the type of decisions that I make on a daily basis? Oh, absolutely. I I think so. Now, does that mean we won't ever make unwise decisions? No. <laughs> we're, no. We're valuable. That's okay. That's part of the that's part of the rocky roads, you know? Yeah. Yeah. All right, let's take about let, let's go to the next one. What can I control? Uh, you and I in in our careers, let's let's think about careers for just a second. I've had uh, opportunities to work at different places in my life uh, and now run my own company. Uh, there are things that happen that impact my business, that impact your business, that are out of your control, that are out of my control. Sure. Uh, the national economy, <laughs> I can't do a thing about it. <laughs> You Me know, either. I can't do it. I can't do anything about tax policies. Um, I can't do anything about um, dis, you know, disruption in China, you know, or conflict in the Middle East. Mm-hmm. They're out of my control. Well, sometimes maybe we work in a corporate environment, and the corporate office has made some some mandates and 20% of the workforce just got laid off. And I wasn't one of them. Wow. So could I be, and I'm using that as a, as a not totally hypothetical, but one of the organizations I work with has actually just went through that very same scenario. And as we have worked together as a partner and as a team, and there's, there's been some fear there for the other employees who survived. There's some survivor's guilt that they are, didn't get laid off, but they're also wondering, 
when am I going to get laid off? Right. So we started thinking about what can you control? Can you control the economy? Can you control if if the powers that be say, hey, we're closing this this local operation? Nope. Well, what can you control? So if you think about Carolyn in in, in your life. What are things that you have 100% control of? My actions, my attitude, the way I treat people, who I hang around, my network, friends. There's quite a bit of choice. I, I love those first two, action and attitude. You can control your attitude, which is gonna control your actions. Yeah. Yeah. And how I think you about know, things. What's my internal narrative? Well, I can sit yep. here and I can be guilty and feel guilty when I need to switch that narrative to I'm very grateful that I'm here. I'm very grateful that I have this opportunity to continue to contribute. Those types of switches can really change how we feel and think. That's powerful. I love that. Yeah, I absolutely love that. Well, that's what's in our control. And then if we look at the last one, uh, what do I most enjoy? Well, sometimes, sometimes just part of life, we, we have to do a lot of things that we may not enjoy doing. Whether it's taking out the garbage or it's working that, that job, why, maybe why we're going through school or it is, Having to do hard things because sometimes life deals us hard blows. Boy, if that's not the truth. Well, it is the truth, isn't it? We yeah. we all have hard things that happen. Well, even with all the hard things, it's it's very, very feasible to find moments of joy even in the hard things. It's very, very feasible to focus on things that are joyful. And notice here, I'm not saying happy. Right. Now, this this isn't to take anything away from, like, happiness. And, okay, the happiest place on earth, Disneyland. I love Disneyland. It's been (laughs) too long since I've been there. It's time to get back. I could use a dose of that happiness. Right. But happy happiness is externally influenced. Nothing wrong with that. Whereas joy is internally created. That's beautiful, Les. That is that's powerful. Thank you, Carolyn. How did people when, um create joy in the midst of some of these chaotic moments in life that inevitably everybody's dealt. And I heard you say moments of joy. And I appreciated that because there will be moments of sorrow and, um, you know, really tragic events happen. And none of us are immune from experiencing really deep sorrow and tragedies and feeling, you know, opposite sides of emotion of joy. So how do we cultivate joy joyful moments or joy in the moments? Well, part of it um, that that I have really discovered is 
simply, you know, um, the whole concept of stop to smell the flowers, stop to smell the roses, so to speak. Well, what if we also stop to notice the dandelions? You know, a dandelion is a weed. It's obnoxious. <laughs> yeah. But when the grass is brown, often the dandelion is still yellow. Can that not be a moment of beauty? Can that not be a moment of joy? Yeah, a moment of color in the gray. Absolutely. Yes, yes. And sometimes we have to work really hard to see the rainbow in the storm. Sometimes we have to work really hard to hear the music when our ears no longer work. Sometimes we have to work work really hard to find love when we may be surrounded by turmoil. Such is the story of joy. If we can intentionally focus on finding moments of joy, then we can start creating that joy internally for ourselves. I remember a, a time period in my life when I was going through a very, very challenging time. And I remember going through for, for walks, these really short, intense walks. And um, I, w- I would walk around just, just kind of this little area. And uh, there would, I started counting things. Because as I, as I started counting, that it helped my mind to get off of the, the challenge. And then I started, as I counted, I started to notice little things. I would count different types of trees. I would count different cracks in the sidewalk. And then I started to notice things. I started to notice life around me. I started to know uh, bugs that, that were alive. And they didn't have to worry about the challenges that I was feeling at the moment. And I started to notice the dandelions. I started to notice the weeds springing up through the cracks of the sidewalks. And I think, wow, what incredible ability to grow in such a hostile environment. But that weed is growing and there's a little flower on that weed. And I saw beauty in that. And I felt a moment of joy. That's... That's beautiful. The power of three is quite dynamic because professionally and personally, we can figure out what matters most, what we can control and what we most enjoy. And that's all of us are going to have dandelion dandelion experiences. And it's going to be up to us to choose to find those moments of joy. And what a what a beautiful strategy to incorporate into our personal and professional life. And with the power of three, how has it guided your life and your strategy and your focus and your daily activities? What does that look like when you hone in your personal power of three? Okay, so one one way um, that I use the personal power of three is it becomes a, a, a focus guiding point to guide my activities for the week, for, for the day. Yep. They don't become my to-do list, but they guide my to-do list. 
so I think about my power of three and I think about, um, so for instance, with, within, uh, a strategy that I'm working on within, within Red Edge Mentoring right now is preparing things for an upcoming mastermind that's launching in January. That's a power of three focus right now for me for, for this week and has been for a couple of weeks. Because it's such an intense focus, it's guiding my to-do list. It's guiding my efforts. It's guiding the phone calls that I make. It's guiding the, the work that I put in to get the, the material prepared for it so that when this group of, of senior business leaders show up you know, in January, I'm already for them. I'm, I'm already to, to guide, uh, this incredible mastermind that is, that is trusted me to bring value to them. The power of three helps me keep focused on that. And it does something else. It activates the law of attraction because my thoughts are so attuned that my actions are guided, the law of attraction allows other opportunities to be more visible to me. It allows my mind to find ways to be more creative in developing solutions and strategies and ideas because I have this focus that's guiding my activities it guides my attitude for for this time period. So by using a power of three focus, like, okay, what matters most? Well, that matters most. I mean, yes, it's family, but in order to really matter most to family, I also have to provide for family. Well, in order to provide for family, I have to do effective at running my business. Well, in order to be effective running my business, Red Edge Mastermind has to work effectively. Absolutely. It's almost like the power of three cuts out the minutia. It cuts out these excessive voices that are vying for our attention and we get to say, no, that's not part of my power of three. And that's not part of my power of three professionally or personally. And do you feel like sometimes your power of three can fluctuate based off of the season of your life? Oh, all the time. Oh yeah, it can fluctuate. Um, it, it can even fluctuate on a daily basis. Wow. Okay, so let's let's distinguish just a little bit the overall arching power of three of what matters most, what I can control, and what I most enjoy. That's that's the big standard. That's that's the that's the premise of the power of three. But I'll break that down and I'll have a power of three for a daily or a weekly focus that's guided by the big power of three focus. But it says, okay, today, you know, my power of three. So, for instance, my power of three was uh, for today. Uh, one of those was I was teaching a workshop for uh, one of the companies that I do regular training for. I had to make sure that was a key power focus is a key thing that had to happen very well today. So my power of three was execute that very well. So that guided my preparation this morning before I went to the event. It guided my preparation over the last couple of days. 
so that I came with the right attitude, with the right ideas, with the right focus for this training session, that I could deliver the very best of myself to them. Okay? I had another power of three that was, it was connected to, well, the Red Edge Mastermind I told, that I mentioned, you know, was to move things forward on the power of, or on the Red Edge Mastermind. I've been able to, to secure two new business owners who has said, yes, this is a viable way for me to, to positively impact my business. I want to be part of your Red Edge Mastermind. That's awesome, so Les. That's beautiful. The, so overall, power of three, what matters most can change. What can control can change. What you enjoy most can change, sure. But those, that area is going to be very foundational, very solid. It's, it's the values that guide your life, you know. And then how do you incorporate that into, into, your, into your day? Uh, if you go to uh, a networking event, for instance, where you're meeting with other, other business leaders and other opportunities, well, you could go around and try to meet 100 people and pass off your business card but you're much more effective if you try to have a meaningful value-driven conversation with three people. Wow. Uh, the connection Bless is huge. the lives of three people. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Les, this is really powerful stuff. I, I really appreciate the personal proclamation. I appreciate the power of three and how influential it is in our lives personally and professionally. And that it fluctuates because we are evolving individuals and societies. And so we get to choose every single day and even in moments what our most important power of threes look like that day. So Les, do you have any last words of wisdom for us to wrap it up? I will, I will leave you, Carolyn, and I'll leave your wonderful friends that are, that are joining us here today. Um, like I leave when I sign off. Uh, remember this, my friends. The story that you most consistently tell yourself will be the story to most consistently come true in your life. So be very intentional and create a beautiful, powerful, and wonderful story. Les Patterson, you are absolutely phenomenal. Thank you so much for being with us tonight. And let's go rock our power of three personal statements, personal proclamations, and let's be intentional about our stories. I love it. Have a wonderful day, everybody. To get the download on our guest today, head on over to myorangesoul.com and be sure to check out our sponsor, Reminis Audio at reminisaudio.com. Peace and blessings, my friends. Stay rad.